Tagovailoa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Cologne looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one! Deep left field! That goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! <laughs> Bartolo has done it! There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness. What is up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Week 17 is upon us. Mm, I don't know, more importantly, but also a new year. Happy 2021. Um, Officially, um, all the way from the Pacific time zone to uh, Central and Eastern, Eastern where uh my guest is today yeah i uh, yeah east coast baby we hit the east new year coast, before we, we um we're representing all around and so today joining the podcast once again to go over our playoff predictions and um or excuse me i should say um how we see the playoffs um shaping up yeah um we have cooper Leda. cooper how are you doing uh, I'm doing pretty solid, man. How about you? I'm great. You'd think uh, this is going to be episode like 31, and you'd think that uh, I'd be better at intros, but here we are. <laughs> um, so this week, it's a little different than every other week in the sense that we're not just going to be picking these games. There's uh, I think there's a little more behind each of our picking these games, and that is the playoff picture. So I can quickly run through uh, NFL.com does me the favor of outlining how each team makes the playoffs. So we already have in the AFC, we'll start. The Bills have already clinched the AFC East. The Kansas City Chiefs have already clinched the West and a first round bye. And the Steelers have already clinched the North. So what that leaves us with is the Baltimore Ravens, who they play the Cincinnati Bengals this week. They'll make the playoffs either with a win of their own, a Cleveland loss, an an Indianapolis loss, and a combination of ties and losses, which I can (laughs) tell you that there's a lot to it. But those are those those are the simple ways in terms of wins and losses. The Cleveland Browns, ten and five versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, twelve and three. The if the Browns win, they're in. If Indianapolis loses, they are in. If Tennessee loses, Miami wins or ties, and Baltimore wins or ties, they are in. And then there's five different scenarios of them tying. The Indianapolis Colts, they have two pathways. One is to win the AFC South, and that would be a win of their own and a loss or tie for Tennessee, or I suppose if they tie and Tennessee loses. And to make the playoffs, they're going to need a win and help, so they can make it if they win – and Baltimore, Cleveland, or Miami loses, or if they tie, if they tie, and any of those teams outright lose, so bit confusing. Miami There's Dolphins. Many really teams alive still at this point in the season. It's, it's yes. Um, to be noted for those who haven't noticed this year, new format. We have a seventh team making the playoff. Only one bye. Um, totally changes landscape. It's awesome. Uh, for the Miami Dolphins, if they win in the Buffalo Bills, they're in um, a loss from Baltimore, Cleveland, or Indianapolis will do it, as well as a combination of ties. Tennessee Titans, uh, they take on the 4-11 and Houston Texans. If they win, they win the South, as well as get into the playoffs. Um, if Indianapolis loses, they win the South. Um, a Baltimore loss, Miami loss, all of that does it. So, um, 
Tennessee pretty clear path forward. The NFC there, um, there I believe is one less spot to be had. Yes. In the um, in the what you say? The NFC, I believe there's one less spot to be had as of now. There are three spots up for grabs. Um, The Green Bay Packers have clinched the North. Um, The Saints have clinched the South. The Seahawks have clinched the West. And the Buccaneers have clinched a wild card spot. Um, The seeding there, the top seed has not been locked up. That is up for grabs. In terms of just purely making the playoffs, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, if they win, they are in. Um, they can also get in if they tie and Chicago loses. Um, Chicago, the Bears, they take on the Green Bay Packers. A win gets them in, an Arizona loss gets them in. If Arizona and Chicago tie, they're in. And then there's the matter more so of the NFC East. Uh, starting off here with the Cowboys. They're sitting at 6-9. They play the 5-10 and 10 Giants. If they win and Washington loses, they're in. Or if they win and Washington loses or ties, they're in. Dallas ties and Washington loses, they are in. Uh, Green Bay Packers, um, if they win, they will take the top seed. Uh, For the Los Angeles Rams, it seems like they're comfortably in, but not quite. Um, If they win or tie, they're in. Um, And if Chicago loses or ties, they are in. But it's very possible they lose in Chicago with a little upset it can happen. Um, sticking with the NFC East, the Giants, they make, uh, they win the division. If they win and Washington loses, that's, um, it's pretty clear path. And then for the Washington football team, if they win, they're in, but also if they tie and Dallas loses or ties, they will take the division. So that is to be of note for a wacky division. We've gone through all these scenarios, um, Let's let's go through our game picks and then we can um, recap right. uh, how our scenarios play out. Does that sound good? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so all Sunday slate this week: no Thursday night, no Monday night, no wacky Saturday or Tuesday night. Um, let's get it started off with the Miami Dolphins versus the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are two point favorites. Yeah, in this game, I, I don't think the Bills – I mean, they have something to play for, I guess, but it's not very much. I think that Miami is going to be a lot more motivated here. And even with Ryan Fitzpatrick having the COVID test and everything, I think Tua is going to step in and just, like, manage this game and the, the defense is going to get it done. And I got Miami covering the t- two-point spread and winning. So so this is hard for me because um, it's – Josh Allen will at least play. It remains to be seen how much he plays, but him playing alone makes me hesitant to take the Dolphins. You know, you know me. You guys can't see this because this is only an audible podcast, but I have my (laughs) Alabama hat on, uh, my Alabama shirt. I actually have a Tua jersey over there, (laughs) but I have a hard time picking the Dolphins if without knowing that Josh Allen is only going to play one drive. I think the Dolphins can get it done. They can get some stops defensively, but I don't know how much offensive success they're going to be able to produce, especially if Josh Allen is in for an extended period of time. So while I can confidently say I will be rooting for the Miami Dolphins, um, with lack of understanding of how long Josh Allen is going to play, I'm actually leaning towards the Buffalo Bills. Um, so I'm going to actually take the Bills 27 to 20. That's very tentative, and I'm I'm not confident in that considering we do not know how long Josh Allen and starters will play. But for now, 27-20 Bills. 
Yeah, I think that's going to end up being a really good game. It does depend on how long he plays, though. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Next, we have the Baltimore Ravens. Heavy favorites, 11.5 points to be exact, on the road against the Cooper Leda uh, Cincinnati Bengals. So, you know, this is where it gets a little interesting. You know, I'm getting flashbacks to a few years back when the Buffalo Bills needed a Ravens loss at home against Cincinnati to make the playoffs. And Andy Dalton found Tyler Boyd at the very end of the game and the Bengals pulled it off and they've been pretty much best friends with the Bills since. And uh, with an 11 and a half point spread, I, I won't hesitate at all to take the Bengals. And this is my, this is my very bold prediction that if, if anybody loses of like those AFC teams that are fighting for a playoff spot, I don't know if anyone's going to lose, but if they do, it'll be Baltimore. Does that mean you're taking Baltimore or I I'm taking the Bengals plus 11 and a half. I wouldn't touch uh, the Bengals straight up, but uh, I, I could definitely see it happening. Okay. Okay. See, I don't see it. I think the Bengals have played decent football the last two games, but the same can be said about the Ravens. They're on an absolute tear and I don't really see a scenario where the Bengals are going to have, um, an easy time stopping the ground attack and a couple throws from Lamar Jackson. I think, I mean, I think f- for your sake, I suppose I'll be taking the Ravens, I guess, covering, oh, I help, but I'll, 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 I will take, I'll take, I'll take the Ravens for the win. Move y'all closer um, to Panay Sewell. I just don't think, I, I think this is a massive mismatch. I think the Ravens will take care easily. 38, uh, 13 Ravens. Dang, okay. You gotta I, I, th- I think it's going to be big. I, I don't okay. – I, I think it catches them. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, next, we have a game that at one point could have been for the division after the Browns slipped up against the New York Jets. It is not. Uh, but it is the Pittsburgh Steelers with Mason Rudolph at the helm. Ten-point underdogs on the road against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I, I understand that whenever you have someone like Mason Rudolph coming in, you're, it's going to be an easy big spread for – the Browns like minus 10 but I think that's a little ridiculous because Mason Rudolph was he was serviceable last year and I, I do think Pittsburgh is you know they want to build some momentum because they're about as cold as it gets when it comes to the people who are already locked into the playoffs so I, I do have Pittsburgh covering this game and the 10 point spread and I would I'd consider taking them to win but I think the Browns will still hold on and win by say seven yeah, I um ten ten. I, once I saw that spread, I'm taking it immediately. Especially when you factor in that Big Ben hasn't even really been that great. Like obviously, there's a you know, there's a downgrade of sorts when you go to Mason Rudolph. But I think the Steelers have owned the Browns. I the Browns. I don't I don't really see a scenario where they're able to cover that ten and really blow them out. I think yeah. I, I'm really compelled to take the Steelers because it would be the most Browns thing ever um, really to set themselves up for the playoffs and then lose to the New York Jets and lose to Mason Rudolph. But I'm yeah. not going to do that. I'm going to hold off and I will take the Browns. Um, I don't see them covering the 10. Um, and this will be this week's score For those who don't know score that that is um, a score that has never occurred in, in an NFL game. So this week it'll be the Browns winning 32 to 26 Cleveland. This is for you back to the playoffs. Um, next we have an absolutely meaningless game. That being the Minnesota Vikings um, touchdown favorites on the road against the Detroit lions. 
Yeah, I mean, this game really, like you said, it doesn't really matter at all. But I, I just think that the Vikings are the better team here, and I think that they'll probably cover the spread. I don't think that it's going to be any, you know, anything to see. It won't be that exciting. But I think that, you know, I, let's say like 21 to 10 Vikings or something. It'll be defensive and slow. Yeah, I think um, the Vikings, they're going to be down Dalvin Cook as well as I believe Eric Kendricks, which makes it a little murkier in terms of maybe spread. But this is – it's the Detroit Lions. It is Detroit sports. Um, Matthew Stafford, I think he's going to play, but is he really at full strength? Probably not. So for better, for worse, um, I'm going to take the Vikings. This game has absolutely no implications, especially – I mean – if you're playing fantasy football in week 17, it's a bit odd to begin with, but especially with Dalvin Cook out, um, I'll take the Vikings 27-17. Shouldn't be anything crazy. Next, in a game that to the average fan would not matter, but to a loyal New York Jets fan such as I is um, very important. The New York Jets riding a two-game win streak, maybe the hottest team in football. Um, they are three-point underdogs headed – um, to New England to square off with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Yeah, you know, this is another game I can't say I'm that excited to watch, but it, it'll be funny if the Jets just continue winning, like right when it started to not matter. Like that's just a very Jets thing to do. And so I do think I'm going to take them probably plus three to cover the spread because, you know, Cam Newton's been terrible. I don't know if we're even going to see him or if he'll be Stidham, but I, I think that, uh, that this game will be very boring low scoring and I would take the Jets to cover and probably yeah. win. Yeah, I think I mean the Jets, we've played good football against two like I mean they're not not slouches of teams taking down the Rams and taking down the Browns two likely playoff teams although I guess we made we made it a little murkier for them. I think the Patriots have looked awful. They've looked purely awful. Um I think – I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback for them. I haven't heard any indications. But the Jets have been playing good football, I think. The Patriots don't score much as it is. I think they can get some stops and turnovers. Um, we will not have Frank Gore or Michael Pirine, but Ty Johnson can carry the load. I think a couple big plays through the air. Um, I got the Jets. I think we ended on a three-game winning streak. We're locked in at number two, so why not? Um, Jets outright plus three, 23 to 17, New York Jets. And Gase saves his job, man. He'll have Gase back will not save his job. Every indicator <laughs> has said that immediately after the game on Sunday, he will be relieved of his duties and it will be a New Year's miracle. Um, <laughs> treading back to a game that does hold some merit, the Dallas Cowboys, um, head to the road. Um, against the roommates of the New York Jets, the New York Giants. Um, the Giants at home are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Yeah, it felt like for a while there the, the conversation wasn't really about about the Cowboys really having any shot at the playoffs. It kind of felt like they were the one team out of the three that had been out of it for a while, and now all of a sudden we find them as probably after Washington the second most likely team to make it. And the Giants, I don't think that they have – they're exactly where they need to be. They're good defensively, but I don't I don't see them doing enough on offense against the Cowboys. You know, I think this one will be low scoring, and I think that Andy Dalton will throw a couple touchdowns and uh, get himself back in the playoffs. I know you still got some love for the Red Rifle. Always um, will, always will. I think – I never understood much of the hype against or for the New York Giants. I know they won a couple of decent games, 
But, like, I don't know why anyone would ever be excited by that offense. There isn't much going on there. The Cowboys, I think there's still a lot to like on the offense, although they have that horrendous defense. It's a weird matchup. It's been a weird year, although I guess it's a new one, so nothing that weird has happened in 2021. Um, the NFC East is weird, and that is why, if, if you guys paid attention, I went into detail on tie scenarios for the NFC East. Not for everyone else, but for the NFC East. So I have the Giants covering two and a half. I do not have them winning. I do not have the Dallas Cowboys winning. I have a 20 to 20 tie. You're predicting a tie. I am predicting a tie. That's interesting. I why, think, are you, why are you so confident in a tie? I'm confident because there's nothing to be confident in about the NFC East. I think like I think whoever wins it's just going to be all, it's going to be in some awful dumb way not none of these teams should be sniffing the playoffs they sh- this should be a game akin to the New York Jets versus the New England Patriots and right. all the curveballs the NFC East has thrown us this year I am I I guess I wouldn't say I'm super confident in it but I feel I feel confident in that this is an awesome choice to yeah, have no, that's the New York that's Giants and the Dallas Cowboys tie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I actually, I guess I could have thought this could, this very well could be a scoregami. Um, ties, oh, I yeah. suppose, are the most often. Let's see, twenty. Um, one second, I gotta pull up my old scoregami. Nineteen nineteen has happened, and why is twenty twenty not showing? I don't know. Uh, also, I mean, I, for those who couldn't take the hit in 2020, that's the year that just ended. So uh, don't don't think there was an intent behind that. <laughs> um, I'll figure out the score gummy thing in a second. Um, next game, uh, pretty meaningless as well. We have the Atlanta Falcons headed to Tampa Bay uh, to score off against Dan, uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Buck six and a half point favorites. Yeah, this is another one that I would probably stay away from because neither of these teams are, you know, playing for necessarily that much. If I had to guess, I would say Tampa Bay will probably cover. But uh, I, I don't see this game being being one I would touch if I were betting, which I'm not. But either way, six and a half is too big of a spread. and uh, Or isn't too big of a spread, sorry, for me to ride with Tampa Bay. For those wondering, 20 to 20 has occurred. And it has occurred 20 times. The last 20 time, times? 20 times. The last time, it hasn't been since 1983. And you know who was featured in that game? Who? New York Giants. Dang. Will it, will it occur again? We shall see. To the game at hand, um, the Buccaneers are locked in um, at a wild card spot. Um, the Atlanta Falcons, they've played every – they play most games close they'll probably be winning by a lot and choke it by the end um it's weird you know when you when you think of that from a better's perspective with a six and a half point line um i'll take i think i I feel relatively confident in taking the buccaneers to cover the spread the falcons tank him for that top five pick young way Koo did his job last week and missing that field goal he knows what he's doing he knows what Uh he's doing uh, 35-26 Buccaneers. Um, hopefully they get steamrolled in the playoffs. This is a big game. Big, big game. Um, that of the Green Bay Packers um, headed 
uh, north, or not north, I said north, headed south um, to take on the Chicago Bears. Geography, doing great at it. Um, the Bears, five and a half point underdogs at home at Soldier Field. Yeah, as much as I'd like to see the Bears sneak in because it would be cool to see Mr. Trubisky in the playoffs, I, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. The Packers have that one seed to play for, and then they can make the playoffs run through Green Bay plus the bye. I just I don't see any way that Aaron Rodgers doesn't come out and score touchdowns on three out of the first four drives and kind of bury this one early. I think that Chicago could probably stay in the game, but I, I don't think that they'll cover. I think the Packers win probably by a couple of scores and cover the five-and-a-half-point spread. Yeah, Green Bay, um, the defense definitely has its flaws, but I think the offense – totally overshadows the defensive flaws. I think they will score at ease like they did on that su- Sunday night football game. That was quite the snoozer. Um, maybe, you know, the Bears can score a couple, but I'm I'm still out on Mitch Trubisky. I think he's played decently well, but in a, you know, it's not a win or go home because there is, you know, the scenario, other scenarios that get them in the playoff. But uh, the most important game of his career do I have the faith to put him in the playoffs? Probably not, no. Um, and I think the Packers will win this with relative ease, and the Bears will just be left scoreboard watching. Uh, so I'll take the Packers confidently with the minus 5.5. 38-17. Go Packers! Um, next one... Battle of two eliminated AFC West teams. The Las Vegas Raiders are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I mean, not again, not a special game here, really. Like you said, they're both eliminated. I do think that when that's the situation, it's the better idea to just pick the better team. And with a two-and-a-half-point spread, I think that the Raiders are definitely probably going to pull this one out and cover the spread. I think that they're, they've got a lot to build on from this year. They had some some low moments, some high moments. The defense has been up and down. Derek Carr has been great. And I just think that they're going to win this game and have some momentum heading into 2021. Yeah, the Raiders are a weird team, and you're right. I think in a game like this, you kind of got to look at who seems to be the better team. And the Broncos uh, – Chance they're down Bradley Chubb and Graham Glasgow. They're both questionable per Vic Fangio. I think there's not a lot to really read into this game. The Raiders are a pretty good team that are a couple plays away and maybe some better coaching from, you know, having a meaningful game this week 17. But, you know, that's not here nor there. I'll take the Raiders to cover the two and a half. 31-27 Raiders. Um, Next one we have... Um, the Trevor Lawrence Jacksonville Jaguars, we'll see, um, depending on the result of the Clemson game later today, maybe he'll be available to play on Sunday. Um, Jaguars, they are two touchdown underdogs headed to the Indianapolis Colts who are fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. Um, 14 points is a lot for the spread, but I I do think that the Colts are obviously the ones who are playing for something here. Jacksonville could really care less what happens. They might like to play spoiler, but I don't think they're going to be too worried about it. I think the Colts are going to just come in here, get this game, uh, get the win. And uh, I wouldn't, I would stay away from the spread because you never know if Jacksonville will throw in a couple of touchdowns and it'll end up being like a 13 or a 10 point game or something. So I'd stay away from the spread, but I do think Indiana will win this one pretty easy or Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, I think 14 is a lot, so I'm gonna I'll take the Jaguars to 
cover, but also it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities that they don't. The Jacksonville Jaguars are not a good team. There is a reason they have the first overall pick. I think the Colts that loss last week was devastating. Yeah, but they'll bounce they'll bounce back. They're a good team. Um, they're not a great team because they don't have them covering. You know what they say? Good teams win, great teams cover. Um, but I, I think the Colts can handle this one relatively easily. Um, I hope – I don't know if it's been announced. I hope Gardner Minshew's the one at quarterback. I think Cornrows, Gardner Minshew definitely could throw a wrench um, into the Indianapolis game plan to the playoffs. But uh, with that being unknown, I will take the Indianapolis Colts. Not quite to cover, but 30-20 to 20 Colts setting themselves up for a possible playoff berth. Um, next game, this is an interesting one that doesn't have any implications, although it does feature a playoff team. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers head to Kansas City. Um, the Chiefs will not be playing Patrick Mahomes and most of their starters. Therefore, they're a three-and-a-half-point underdog in the Chiefs' kingdom. Yeah, this is another one that's uh, hard to pick. It's With Herbert probably playing for the Chargers, it's a uh... – it's not easy for me to pick against him when we know Mahomes is sitting, but it's also not easy for me to, to not pick Andy Reid against Anthony Lynn, honestly, even if it's a meaningless game. I do I do think I would stay away from this, but I do think the Chiefs will cover, and I, I'd probably take the Chargers in a close game, probably by a field goal or so. Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this, so I'm going to actually switch what I have on my paper right now. Um, the Chiefs three and a half, I think they'll they'll keep it. Um, I don't know if this will be the Chiefs clawing back at the end with the Chargers trying to choke it, but I'm going to have the Chargers take this one 28-27. Um, you know, it would be classic of them to screw it um, and lose, which, I mean, like, is very, very possible it happens. But I'm thinking more so they win this game to um, lose some draft position and maybe I, – I don't know if there's really any saving Anthony Lynn job, but a win obviously helps. Um, so I'll take the Chargers to win 28 to 27. And before I move on to the next game, I will just like to say, I don't, I don't care what you say. I know you're a Bengals fan. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Lynn, Zach Taylor, any coach you say is not worse than Adam Gase. And it's telling that if your barometer for being an awful coach is Adam Gase, it probably means that Adam Gase is really bad. And to see what he did in the end with Miami and to see how he has ruined the New York Jets, he has ruined Sam Darnold, it's not a conversation. He's the worst head coach in football. So I, I don't want to hear I, I, I don't want to hear Zach Taylor next year again anyway. So I think Yeah, I think Zach Taylor <laughs> might have the opportunity. I don't really see him getting canned. So he, he could take the reins next year. But for now, until you know, that game between the New York Jets and New England Patriots is over. I think Adam Gase holds that title rather easily. Uh, I digress. Next, we have a very important game, NFC West Showdown. Neither of these teams will be winning the division, but both vying for playoff spots. The Arizona Cardinals are three-point favorites on the road against the Los Angeles Rams, who will be led by not Jared Goff, a Wake Forest superstar. Wake, Wake, former Wake Forest player, John Wolford, a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, it'll be. This is going to be a very interesting game. If if Goff was healthy, I probably would have picked the Rams, even though I I don't think that Jared Goff is very good. And uh, actually, I, I think I still actually I'm going to switch. I think I'm going to stick with the Rams because the Cardinals 
offensively are just they've been so inconsistent recently and the Rams defense is just so consistent that I think that they'll force a couple of big turnovers and get uh, Wolford in position to to score a couple of touchdowns and I think it'll be low scoring but I think the Rams are going to win this game and get themselves in the playoffs yeah I think John honestly the quarterback spot isn't even that um, much of a deterrent for me I think Jared Goff has been awful lately and it's not fair to say John Wolford isn't anywhere near his level but John Wolford when we've seen him play was pretty good at Wake Forest he was a pretty good quarterback in the AAF. He was he was one of the better there was. I think I, I think they can still run a competent offense. And you're right, the Cardinals have been on again, off and uh, on again, off again, offensively. But I think they're gonna be able to do enough to get themselves in the playoffs. Um, you know, assuming the Bears lose, as we both say they will. So I'm going to take the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury, I think people don't realize because they're told he's an offensive guru. He, he's not a great coach. Right? He, um, he, uh, jury's out on Cliff Kingsbury. I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, I, think I think the Cardinals, I think especially if the Cardinals lose this game, he'll start to be yeah. on the hot seat. But I, I do have the Cardinals winning and covering the spread, um, 24 to 17. However, um, that still leaves the Rams with a possible playoff spot. Next, uh, staying in the NFC West, but with a lot less um, on the line, the Seattle Seahawks are six-point favorites on the road against San Francisco, although I believe it is still being played in Arizona. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's got to be a little weird for the 49ers to have done all that all during the season, especially with all the injuries that they've had. They've just kind of, out of everybody, they've probably gotten it pretty much the worst out of this whole situation between injuries and having to relocate and everything for the season. And uh, it, through it all, they've started to look decent down the stretch, even with all their big-time guys still injured. Kittle's coming back, and he's looked pretty good. I uh, I would take them in this game if if they had anything on the line, but I just think Seattle is just going to cover this one. It'll probably be a, a one-possession game or so. And uh, I'll take the Seahawks to win, get themselves some momentum heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean the 49ers, they they've shown some life. They looked they looked pretty good last week in their win over Arizona, but they're not playing for anything. Seattle has an outside shot at maybe making some noise. Um, or actually, wait, let me. Is there a path for Seattle to get the one seed? The one seed, I, I'm not sure. Okay, so what they need is they need a win and Green Bay to lose, and New Orleans to lose or tie. So, I mean, there's that possibility. I don't. I think the I think the playoff team rises to the occasion while the 49ers um, just enjoy their vacation in Arizona. Uh, Seahawks, six points, I think they can cover. I'll say 31-23 Seahawks. Um, next up, we have the uh, aforementioned New Orleans Saints taking on the Carolina Panthers. Um, they are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, their road to first round by would be a win, a Green Bay loss, and a Seattle win. And a Seattle win. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. Know that. I did not but, know that either. Yeah, I, I think that, like you said about the last game, I think the playoff team is just going to rise to the occasion here. And uh, Carolina is still without Christian McCaffrey. They've got a lot of good stuff to build on. I do think that, sadly for Teddy Bridgewater, he, he might not be the, the long-term answer there and that they'll probably address that in the draft. I think that Carolina will lose this game by a score or two, probably. The Saints will cover the spread, and the Panthers will definitely be better next year. 
Yeah, I think the Panthers, uh, once you get a quint, you know, Matt Rule gets some of his guys, they're going to have, I think they'll get at least another year of Joe Brady. I don't know if he necessarily bolts this year. I think he'll be gone soon, but I think they'll be able to keep him. Um, I'd love to see them get a guy like Trey Lance or Justin Fields that can develop in Joe Brady and Matt Rule's system, um, build that culture up. I think the Saints will take this, although Carolina, I will say overall, I expect them to be one of like the worst teams in football. I think they've been rather respectable, all things considered. Um, so I'll say 31 to 20 Saints um, keep their bid for the number one. Well, I suppose at this point, I don't know. I don't have the times listed on this, although I suppose at this time the Packers would have already won in this hypothetical. Um, so they'll just they'll be, they'll be locked into their playoff spot and happy. Uh, yeah. Next next one, um, Tennessee Titans vying for a playoff spot. They take on the Houston Texans, and the Texans are seven and a half point underdogs at home. Yeah, and the uh, the Texans offense is it's pretty good. I watched them last week against the Bengals, and the Bengals have a serviceable defense, and the, the Texans scored a lot of points. Deshaun Watson's obviously had that great year. It's just it was about time that they finally said goodbye to Bill O'Brien. I think the Titans are certainly motivated here. I think that they'll go in and get the win and probably cover that seven-and-a-half-point spread. But Houston's just an example of another team that will be better next year if they find their guy at head coach, hopefully. Three to Sean Watson. He needs free and man, free Deshaun Watson, free J.J. Watt. If J.J. Watt yeah. takes a pay cut, I will welcome both of them to the New York Jets. Yeah, J.J. Um, Watt's been talking. You know, he's, I, I think he saw that earlier today that he hasn't signed anything anyway, and it could really happen either direction. He could be there or gone. You got to feel bad for that guy. I mean, he's just he's, he's given his all to that city, yeah. I mean, he just seems like an incredible dude. He's done everything for Houston. And it's just been he's just been slapped in the face time and time again. I think the I think you're right about this Texans offense. I think it's very formidable. Um, the Titans defense was gashed um, on Sunday Night Football, although everyone's been getting gashed for the most part by the uh, Aaron Rodgers led Packers offense. I think uh, I think the Texans take this one to the brink. I think they make the Titans sweat it out. I think they leave them wondering um, in terms of the playoffs. But I think in the end, a couple big Derrick Henry runs, I think that's where this game is separated from. The Titans have the bowling ball that is Derrick Henry. The Houston Texans do not, and there is nothing that you can really do to stop that man. So I think the Titans will pull it out in the end, but I think the Texans give them a total scare. I think Houston can cover the seven and a half. I suppose that was tipped by um, me saying plus seven and a half versus Tennessee minus seven and a half. Uh, Titans, they pull it out. They punch their ticket, 31 to 30 Titans. And then the game of the week. I'm not saying it's the best game, but I can I can tell you that this is the most important game because I say so. I think this is the most competitive um, compared to the likes of Green Bay versus Chicago. Although Arizona versus the Rams will be good, but their paths are much different. The Washington football team, they win, they are in. But what stands in their way is the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts looking to play spoiler after they were eliminated last week. Uh, The Eagles will be one-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. Although, I mean, when you look at that from a betting perspective, that you that probably you probably think of that as a straight up essentially. Uh, Cooper, tell me, what's Washington yeah. doing? So 
Washington hasn't been the, the team that people thought they were over the last couple of weeks. They had a pretty weak part of the schedule. They built some momentum with Alex Smith. And although the quarterback situation isn't the same, they found they found out that Haskins certainly isn't the answer there last week. And obviously yeah. he got cut. So uh, I, I would not be surprised if this team comes out and looks revitalized and gets a win. But I don't think they will. I think that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are – building some momentum even though they haven't had he I mean even Hertz's record hasn't been phenomenal but they're building some momentum and I think that Hertz is going to come in and score a couple of touchdowns I don't think the Washington defense is going to be able to stop the run I think Miles Sanders will get in Hertz might run for one or two and uh, I think the Eagles will win this one by you know three to seven it'll be a good game I'm excited to watch it so my I'm not I think my prediction's a bit murky um with Alex Smith's availability as well as Terry McLaurin's being a bit up in the air. But I like my pick because the Philadelphia Eagles, they've looked a lot better under Jalen Hurts. It hasn't necessarily resonated in lots of winning. They had a tough loss against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Hurts didn't look incredible last week against the Dallas Cowboys in an opportunity to stay in the race. But you can see this team, they've looked a lot more dynamic. It looks like there's some life to them under Mr. Jalen Hurts. Um, the Washington football team, they haven't looked the same with Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. Although they actually, they really did almost come back and put up a fight against, um, I believe it was Seattle. Although last week, I mean, against the Panthers, they it, it just, it was it was embarrassing. That was a chance to win, and I know it's Dwayne. You know Dwayne Haskins was awful. That's just that whole saga is crazy to me. I think a lot of people didn't expect him to be good, but cut in a second year. I, I don't think you'd find many people to think that. So right. if th- this prediction is heavily dependent on Washington being healthy, meaning that we have Alex Smith, we have Terry McLaurin. And I will be having the Washington football win the NFC East, but not by the way you think. The Washington football team can win the NFC East in a number of ways. They do not necessarily have to win. I shall go over how they get to the playoffs once again. To make the playoffs, Washington, they can win. Or they can get there if Dallas loses or ties. And Washington ties. I think. Okay. I, I I think if for those who are good listeners, I already had a tie between the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. So you're saying the NFC East ends in a double tie. I am saying the NFC East ends in a double tie. Will this entirely come to fruition? I am rather certain that there will not be a double tie. <laughs> But I will be taking a double tie because you. there is no way you are telling me there is a more fitting end to what is considered the 2020 season and the, for lack of a... Uh, dysfunction for, of the NFC The dysfunction. The, the, the dysfunction of the NFC East. There's a... I'm trying to find a non-explicit word to describe it because it's <laughs> maddening. It is absolutely maddening that any of these teams are in playoff contention. I think really the only team that would have any argument to it is the Cowboys if Dak was healthy. But, God, none of these teams should be in the playoff race. 
And for that reason, and for how awful all of these teams are, and for how dumb 2020 has been, for how dumb the NFC East is, the Washington football team will be taking advantage of scenario two of winning the division, that being a Washington tie and a Dallas loss or tie. Dallas tied, Washington ties. I'm wearing Alabama stuff. Roll tied. 27-27. That is how the regular season ends. The Um, Eagles get their second tie of the year, too. The Eagles get their second tie of the year. Um, And I just can't think of a more fitting end to the year. So that gets through all of our game predictions. Um, Where does that leave you, Cooper, in terms of who's in, who's out? Well, I think that if my if my questions around the Ravens are correct and they do lose, I think that that would leave us with the four AFC teams being Miami, Cleveland, Indianapolis, and Tennessee. And I know that that's not the most likely scenario, but I think that that's the one that feels right to me. I think that if anyone loses, it'll be the Ravens, and I don't see all five of these teams winning. You know, it's hard for me to pick which one I think will lose, but if I had to pick, my gut's telling me, it's the Ravens, and I think that the four playoff teams are hopefully Fitzpatrick after he's off the COVID list with the Dolphins, Baker and the Browns, and then Rivers and Tannehill from the AFC South. Yeah, so for me, I have the Bills winning, and then I have everyone else taking care of business. So it pains me. I want to see my guy, too, on the playoffs, um, or you know whether that be getting playing time or Brian Flores having no confidence in him and throwing him on the bench, which great, great, great job for developing a young quarterback by starting him and benching him, by the way, coaching 101. Although Brian, Brian Flores is a great coach. I'm not taking away, but that's – I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I don't know. It in feels the like AFC- – Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, it, it feels like to me that uh, that they're at a different – they have a different relationship than most starters and backups, you know. I feel like that they're both – really more worried about the team actually and usually like both quarterbacks are actually worried about the team but I feel like they're both that's their number one concern and I think that if Tua had to sit down because Fitzpatrick has been doing it for 10 years I think he'd understand and I don't think that there's a lot of guys who have that maturity especially at that age and I think that uh that if it'll work anywhere I think it'll work there oh no I think for totally I think Tua I I mean I've watched him at Alabama, whether it be him coming off the bench and Jalen supporting him or in the SEC championship, him supporting Jalen when he was hurt. Tua is totally in tune and understands the magnitude of what's happening and it gets gets it. But And, and he'll support Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's not like he's going to have any kind of spite. That's the guy Tua is. That's the character he has. But you're telling me that if you're this rookie quarterback, you're just taking top top 10 overall um, that getting consistently benched from time to time isn't going to, you know, hurt your confidence a little bit. You know, I, I feel like for most guys it would, but I don't think it will for Tua. I think he has a really good grasp on the situation. And I think Brian Flores is the coach who's just been so straightforward. And I think that if it'll work anywhere, it'll work here. I do agree that usually though, you're right. It's, going to have an effect on a young guy's confidence if you're starting and benching him every other week but yeah yeah I mean well we'll see I I I think um it'll be interesting to see the long-term effects it's interesting to see what the quarterback scenario will be like if they make the playoffs but for me I have Baltimore Cleveland Tennessee and Indianapolis in while Miami sits at home 
I think it very easily could change. It's it's all dependent on if the Bills are playing their guys. Um, I don't know how long that's going to be for. And with that in question, I just lean the Bills. The Bills play spoiler to 10 win football teams. They did it a couple years ago against my New York Jets. We had 10 wins. We had Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm. And this year, just like just like that fateful game a couple years ago at Orchard Park, he will not be showing up this time literally, last time figuratively. Um, so Baltimore, Cleveland, Tennessee, Indianapolis, and the AFC for me. Um, how does your NFC picture end up working out? Yeah, so I had both the Bears and the Cardinals losing. Um, so I guess that that would put the Rams in. And then I had Philadelphia winning and Dallas winning. So I guess that, that would put the Cowboys in. And then I believe if the Bears and Cardinals both lose, that last spot goes to the Bears. Is that correct? I, I believe so. So we'd have an eight and eight. I would not have guessed that the team with an eight, the uh, what's it called? The conference with an eight and eight wild card team would have been the NFC at the beginning of the year. But uh, the AFC is definitely taking some steps forward this season. And I think that, you know, we'll have an eight and eight Bears team that probably gets destroyed in the first round. That's crazy, man. That is, that is bonkers. So for me, I have, um, I have Arizona winning and, um, I have Arizona winning and I have Chicago losing. So that'll lock it up for the Cardinals. The Cardinals, who were my preseason hype team. I was I'm on I was all on that train. I was all on the Kyler Murray train. They will get in. Um and with uh the Bears losing Los Angeles, the Rams will also get in. And by virtue of a double tie, the NFC East winners, as I've already declared. The Washington football team, shout out 404 Guapo. Oh my God. Shout out. For, we, had, we had Guapo on midseason. Who would have thought we, we'd be sitting here with his Washington football team winning the NFC East? I would not Let's have go. guessed that. I would not have guessed that. It feels like it all started going right for them as soon as Joe Burrow got hurt in that game. And they kind of just built off that. And here they are, you know. I would not have guessed it. Yeah, I don't know about you. I always thought that the NFC East was, you know, a little bit weaker. Like, I think I had the – I don't remember if I ended up actually having the Eagles or the Cowboys win it, but I feel like I had them winning it at 9-7. and seven. Yep, I had the Cowboys Man, I, uh, I, I did not think it would come to this. But here we are. I got the football team. You have the Cowgirls. Um, it's – all I know is it'll make for good, uh, good football watching, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a fun Sunday for sure. Yeah, and obviously I already put out my bold predictions. These are all, I suppose, coming to fruition as Georgia is currently down by two in the Peach Bowl. Um, they're making a run. I don't know, Cincinnati playoff maybe. If they pull this out, they definitely have that argument. Hey, especially um, when at- Notre Dame get, gets an absolute beating by Alabama. I think that there will be an argument. Yeah, looks like North- Northwestern is currently holding on. Um, against Auburn, we got, you know, uh, if you didn't already check out the bold predictions, they are um, on the blog, the redshirt.blog as well. Um, I have a whole podcast episode with uh, my guy, we'll call him my lead college football analyst, Jacob Siegel. We went through every game. Um, we have a little side bet going on it. I'm, I haven't checked it in a couple of days. I'm fairly confident that he's winning, but you know, it is what it is. That's all there is to be said. Um, that's all I have this week for the NFL. Cooper, you have anything to add? 
Uh, no, nah, man, I'm just excited to watch some good football, and I hope that that Sunday night game ends up being a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, all Sunday, get to wake up and we just have football nonstop. Um, it's gonna be the it's gonna be the most hype red zone of the year. I just know it. That's the truth. Um, as always, I alluded to it in discussing my bull picks, but um, check out the blog, the blog. Um, I will post these predictions um, there later, as well as the Instagram at the dot redshirt. Um, that's where I'm posting. You know when these things go up as well. As I've mentioned it before, that maybe I'd start doing it again, and I have. I have. I'm on the redshirt Twitter. Um, that was at the redshirt blog. Make sure to give that a follow. Um, shout us out to your friends. We, uh, you know, got a new, new year. Got to get some new listeners. Am I right, Coop? That's what we like, man. Got to keep going <laughs> all year. Um, but I appreciate all the support from everyone. Um, appreciate the lessons. Appreciate, uh, the reading. Cooper, you have anything you need to plug? Uh, nah, man. I think I'm all good. I appreciate yep. you having me on. Of course, I'm glad to have you on. Um, for those wary, and by those I mean probably like the two people listening to this, we I will do some playoff coverage. Um, I have some things lined up um, to go through each week of the playoffs, so don't you worry. Um, this isn't the end of the NFL season, just the end of the regular season. Um, and yeah, I'm uh, I'm not gonna keep you guys on too long, Cooper. Appreciate you joining me today. Of course. And uh, with all that being said, that'll conclude this episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Happy New Year. Thank you guys for listening.